You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 7th through Sunday, July 10th at picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Ellis, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Trey Burt. Burt, a student of John Prine who released his album You Yeah You on Prine's Oh Boy Records, has a history in skate punk and a decidedly distinct flavor of songwriting. Trey Bird will be performing on Friday, July 8th at Little Stage in the Forest at 4.30 p.m. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Kevin Johnson was out jogging With a neon vest and a chocolate lab named Sam Just bought a house for next to nothing Right across the street from where our hero lays his head The wristwatch counted every footstep As she shot like a bullet through the night She thought to get in a run before her early morning Yeah, just a white girl Running with a lot on her side And on a four-lit street She saw Dante standing But to her he looked Like a big black gun She reached for her phone Down the Dante woke up, he didn't mean to He could have used a little more time in his dream All right, well, Trey Bird has a couple albums to his name. He's bringing those songs and more to the Winnipeg Folk Festival, and he joins us on the line. How are you doing, Trey? I am all right. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, looking forward to seeing you out at Birds Hill, and I noticed uh, you got a couple of a uh, couple of workshops as well as a uh, as a concert on on the docket, and and the the titles of those yeah. workshops are pretty promising. You got old songs, new songs, and cover yourself up. Did they give you much uh, heads up on what you're going to be doing at the workshops? Uh, no, this is this is my first time hearing those titles, so <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you know some some room to uh, especially the cover yourself up feels like uh, you might be doing some other people's songs. Uh, yeah, that sounds like some Jason Isbell business right there. That's yeah, possibly. Uh, I was thinking maybe doing some John Prine, considering your you know connection with him and okay, with that'd label, be fun but, too. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, you know, artist choice. That's definitely right. 
I want to start with, uh, you know, introducing you to folks in terms of talking about your, your background. As I understand it, you kind of borrowed your brother's guitar and, and started messing around. Is, is that kind of like your earliest musical memory? Yeah. Yeah. My, my early, well, personally, uh, yeah. Take stealing his guitar while he was at work was, was my nine to five when I was 13 years old, you know? And, uh, it was just such a curious little thing. It was this wooden box with, with he, his guitar had five strings on it and it made noise. You know, that was, it wasn't like my PlayStation or skateboarding. It was, the it was, uh, some, something different. Mm. Yeah. Mentioning skateboarding reminds me, I'd, I'd re- or seen an interview you did, uh, where you said, you know, you had a, you had a punk phase before you became a singer songwriter. Is that, did that come out of like skate punk, like the, like kind of crowd you were hanging with in skateboarding or? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, that, that punk, uh, self just, it never left. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> last night I, I did some vocals for, uh, for anti-flag for their, for their new record they got coming out. You know, I'm a, I'm a, Punk is very part of uh, the whole ethos, uh, the folk ethos, the blues ethos, the hip hop ethos. Uh, it's it's all in there. Well, yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, I was I was thinking there's some connections. I mean, first of all, in terms of, you know, you find like honest vocals in both punk and folk music, right? Like the the, the it's the voice is not always pretty or, you know, slick that that's it. Much that's more it. about emotion. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess you could call me. Uh, like an emotional, emotionally uh, heavy uh, person on the delivery side of things. Is that like intentional or like, like, did you ever consciously think about like kind of how you'd sound or what you wanted to sound like? Well, you know, when I, when I was first starting out, um, I had, I guess what you'd call a prettier sounding voice. <laughs> um, but as the lyrics started to change, they required uh, a different sort of emphasis in order to get the met- what I was saying across appropriately. And I guess unconsciously, the voice kind of followed to, to give the words more of a, uh, a punch. And when you say the, the lyrics and the song started to change, like, did that kind of catch you unaware as a songwriter? Like that you found you were writing something that required that? Or was there some thought about like, oh, I want to do things differently. I want to write different songs. No, it was, it was, I guess I just slipped into it. It was, it was unconscious. It was, um, uh, I don't know. I guess it's a maturity you grow up and the, the, you know, when I was younger, I'd write a lot of, uh, fictitious songs describing scenery and, uh, things like that. And, and as I grew up, I started writing more, uh, personal stories, um, so I guess that's where the change happened. I'm not sure hmm. how or wasn't really conscious of it, but my guess would be is going from, uh, you know, childhood to manhood. Maybe like the, the notion of like, write what you know. And when you're younger, you just really don't know a lot or you don't know what you don't know. Right, right, exactly. So then in terms of developing your, your songwriting as, you know, an adult who is more conscious of kind of like what you're writing. Do you sit down with, you know, pen to paper and think like, I want to tell a specific story on this song or like, do you find that you're writing phrases and then you try to like figure out where you're going with a phrase? It changes. Um, that that's, uh, I guess a version of that, uh, is how I write sometimes. It depends if I have a guitar in my hand or, but these days, um, 
I'm, I'm concentrating more on the music and I'll build music uh, and kind of um, use the lyrics or the voice as a secondary instrument, um, which isn't, which is I'm having fun with these days. Oh, so you're building from like a melody or like the song of it all the first? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Or um, I'll get a groove going, you know. Mm. Um, my my little four track I got over here, my keyboard. Get a groove, set the tone, and then I'll listen back to that and bounce around in my headphones and and see what comes out. And uh, it's usually gibberish, but I'm just trying to get a melody, something that that you know dances with the the music, and um, then I'll let that that inform kind of what the words are and uh um, and that's these days yeah that's pretty that's a fairly new uh development so does does having a melody like that and like kind of creating the the, the song and, and writing some gibberish is that kind of like giving yourself some parameters for then a song like to you know figure out how phrasing fits within you know the the structure of a melody or things like that like does that does that contain you in some way and force you to kind of like crystallize an idea yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. Um, the other way would be um, to that it's stripping away the parameters. I, I, I'd say, you know, um, and I enjoy it, but writing a, a song from just the acoustic guitar and writing lyrics is a fairly limiting way to go about writing a song um, and linear as well. Mm. Um, uh, this way where you're making the melody and then coming at it, for me, maybe it's because I'm so used to doing it the other way is uh, is less limiting. It's kind of um, you can approach it in, in a three dimensional aspect, if that makes sense. So with lyrics, you're telling a very specific story and, and that gives direction. Whereas if you have a melody, you, you're open to whatever story kind of fits in that song. Yeah, whether it's a story or it's just a bunch of words that sound pretty or, or something. Right. So the, the most recent record, You, Yeah, You. It's uh-huh. a collection of you know, invented characters. Did the idea yes. for that, like, did you have a couple songs with some invented characters and you think, oh, I want to tell more of these and, and that'll be a record? Or like, did you sit down and say, I want to create a, a cast of characters that I'm going to tell the stories of before, you know, creating the record? Um, it's a great question. Uh, no, the, 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 these characters just kind of um, just came to me. I mean, that, in that time when I was writing that record, uh, there's a, a couple things going on. Um, uh, John Prine was was uh, d- dying and soon died, and uh, you know you had a lot of uh, things going on with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and and um, um, protest movements, mm-hmm. and um, you know the characters came out uh, to tell that story, I guess because. They, they they weren't me, but they are me at the same time, you know, so it was, characters were required as a vehicle to tell certain stories. And again, that was just uh, unconscious. I, I didn't really uh, plan to do that. Mm-hmm. So you say they weren't you, but they are you. Like, I mean, obviously, like they're your creations, so that it, it suggests at some point uh, your thoughts, even if you're projecting onto another character. Is that something you need to do to kind of process some some of the things that were going on i meant more that um i'm not john and i'm not george floyd or brianna taylor but i am you know um these are we we share 
we all share the commonality between us all is that um, we share things culturally and and in our community uh, have similarities. So um, more more so with them, the actual people. Right. Gotcha. You had directly addressed the George Floyd murder with an with another track that predated you. Yeah, you you recorded under the devil's knee and released that, I guess, in the fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about, you know, writing a story like that. Is it a way to process pain and like a act of catharsis for you as an artist? Or did you feel, you know, it was more of like a, a defiant kind of stand or something like as, as a folk singer, sometimes chronicling a moment and needing to kind of like lay it down for future, future listeners and future audiences. Did you think right. about those things? Um, that particular song, right. It was catharsis. It was punk. It was NWA. It, it was, Woody Guthrie, uh, Lead Belly. It was, it was, um, it was, uh, it was, was, yeah, I guess it was just me diaring my emotions. Yeah. You've since released a a new single uh, this spring called Know Your Demons. Uh And the the second track, the the B side, as it were, is is solo, but you sing it so low. And I I, I was curious about the idea of like, like being alone as in solo but like being down as in so low and just what you were where you were at mentally or or spiritually when when you wrote that song and like what you were trying to convey okay um so i wrote that whole record you yeah you uh alone up in outside of yosemite in this little cabin which is me and my little my family dog lana del dog and uh, i wrote that song um after I wrote, uh, I think I wrote By the Jasmine, Sweet Misery that day. And I went inside and built a little fire. Um, and it really was just a sense of isolation. You got, you know, this was heat of uh, COVID in August of 2020. No, uh, June, July, something like that of 2020. Mm-hmm. And you had, you had an intense, you know, general sense of isolation going around the world. And me personally, I, I am a solitary creature by nature. And um, um, it really, I guess, put a microscope on, on how alone we all really are come into this world and go out of it. And sometimes while we're living in it, you know, you, you, um, you stay alone. And I, I, I find that state pretty comfortable for me personally. Um, so it's, it's a topic I enjoy talking about. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, stuff, stuff there to talk about being alone. Right. So you, do you feel like you were kind of mentally equipped for, for an experience like, so, you know, the social isolation of, of the pandemic? Like, was that in some ways like you'd absolutely as a solo performer been ready for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once, once you settle into it, of course, it's very unsettling. Um, once you're forced to do anything, mm-hmm. um, but uh, once once you find your group, well, once I found my group in that, you know, I, I was a okay. Actually, it was quite hard coming out of it. Um, I had to <laughs> go on this uh, online kind of chat room thing uh, called Omegle and learn how to talk to people again. I would, you know, talk to random people around America about <laughs> anything just to learn how to talk to a person again yeah right now i guess the second question i had about solo was just that like you included on you yeah you but then 
it included it again on the Know Your Demons release uh-huh. as the B-side. Was there something specific about that song that resonated with you for you to kind of like revisit or like put it back out to the world, you know, like yeah, you know, a yeah. year later? I really enjoy singing that song. Um, and I feel I felt like I, I like the version on, on You, Yeah, You, but uh, I just wanted to make it uh, hit a little harder, I guess, just for yeah. fun. Yeah, production-wise, like I mean, both "Know Your Demons" and "Solo" on that release seem—I don't want to say more aggressive, but just like more muscular. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to not shy away from from uh, giving things. I guess you know, uh, more. I guess a like you said, aggressive touch um, because I do. That's something I do enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you're consciously looking at, like in terms of future songs? Like, are you bulking up your songs in some sense? Um, it's just another part of 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 me that I haven't really feel like I've expressed in in amount that you know that's sufficient to me in my songs that you know um, that that I've put out. Yeah, I I, I guess I'm just exploring another part of of myself that. I enjoy right uh, speaking of enjoyment i mean obviously you know you uh clearly like enjoy a, a, a lot of like wordplay and and s- storytelling kind of conceits uh like is there any particular line that you've just been like you've chuckled to yourself when you've written it or you know when you're when you're singing it you're just like yeah that was like i was in tune with something that day that i just i got i got a, i got a line that i just love there's something oh, like that's, that? that's a good one um first one that comes to mind is from from uh my old record caught it from the rye in this song called last hurrah um i got a kick out of it when i wrote it uh it's uh how's it go the fortune teller tells a joke in future tense and the traveler she told it to ain't laughed much since um you're playing see when you're when you're writing lines like like i guess of that nature you're, you're playing with time Mm-hmm. Um, and I always really enjoy playing with uh, with time because it's such an elusive thing in nature. Um, and when you put it to a song that's set in stone there um, for all of time, you, you write lines that met, play with time. It's kind of like a sort of time travel effect. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That like permanence and impermanence within like song songwriting. Like, cause I mean, obviously when you set it down on record, that's, that's a snapshot or a photograph of what it was, but when you're playing it live, there's the opportunity to kind of like change things or emphasize things differently. Uh-huh. Do you give thought to kind of like how a song exists in, in two ways that it's like frozen in amber, but also like a liquid thing? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, language, it's probably, it's the most powerful invention there ever will be. Um, the most, sophisticated technology uh language is very powerful and uh, yeah subtle things like even just emphasis on the beginning or end or middle of a word can change how a person feels emotionally um which is a, a mysterious mysterious happening um so yeah i do enjoy emphasizing things with timbre or volume or you know, subtle things, because um, it really does make a difference. Does it impact you as like a singer, like to go back to your words 
and and like you, maybe you're playing them in a different mind state than when you wrote them like do you recall that time when it was you know a newborn song or or just does does familiarity kind of like dull that in some way no uh, um in my experience it, it makes it even more fun i i seldom remember the times when i'm when this when any of my songs were being created um they turn into different things uh they go from being this amorphous sort of yeah you know, like a feeling a nebulous abstract thing to more of a utilitarian thing like a tool like a hammer or a screwdriver um and i enjoy when my songs solidify into things like that because i know exactly how to use them so then did you shoot, like look at your repertoire as like a toolbox then yeah i guess so either that or a color palette hmm. or um you know uh, yeah so then when it comes like building a set is is actually building with those tools or you're painting a picture kind of with a bunch of different colors yeah funny you say that i i don't i don't really write sets at all oh um, really yeah, unless I'm playing with a band, uh, I, I enjoy the sense of, you know, your tightrope walking um, and no one knows who's going to fall first sort of thing. Um, it's like a live painting, isn't it? Right. And then I guess the, the, the upside of that is it keeps you on your toes, keeps the audience on their toes and like really taps into that ephemeral nature of like true creativity, I suppose. Right. I mean, it's what people... People can forget that um, when you, you have a solo artist on stage, um, that these songs that I have also affect me too. Um, they are, they are. Uh, I guess it's, it's it is music and it's entertainment, but it's also, you know, I, I wrote it because it it, uh, it was a strong emotional trigger at some point for some reason. So when I'm playing songs, they bring out different things every time and they may lead to after that song um, going to a different song uh, just because the sequence changes emotionally, you know? Right. That you're feeling something having played that song and you're like, do I exactly. continue, continue with that feeling? Right. Or, or do I take a pivot away from that feeling depending on kind of, yeah. yeah. Do I hop off of this ledge or jump off of that cliff? Yeah. Well, uh, before I let you go, Trey, I want to get you to pick a track, uh, maybe off you. Yeah. You, that we can play for listeners. And if you have a reason why you're picking that one or an anecdote about it, I'd love to hear that. Okay. Let's play, let's play uh, about now. Um, because I think that's a perfect example of, uh, or it fits along with the theme of what we're talking about, not really expecting or knowing what's going to come next. That song um, I wrote as a sort of stream of consciousness, consciousness, I couldn't sleep one night and I got up and, uh, just started writing and I, I kept every single line that I wrote. I didn't scratch out anything. I have no idea what that song's about. <laughs> I was just following the feeling. All right. Well, we'll give that one a listen uh, and looking forward to seeing you at Birds Hill Park for the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Trey, thanks very much for taking some time and uh, safe, safe travels in the interim. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to come. And thanks a lot. Pours out from your body Is 
is holy as the wine Of what Jesus pulled from water Of what the devil took from life And if anybody asks you What you're doing out past night Is telling them that you won't let look out Whatever pass you by For whatever keeps you on it For what pleases you by sight And if there's a question further Just tell them that the calendar you read Said I Whistling strange tune A melody that's hard to pin well, Did you hear it from the mountain Or from the choirs that you're in And if anybody tells you I'm Michael Alds and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Trey Burt, who will be performing on Friday, July 8th at 4.30pm at Little Stage in the Forest at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more feature artists, visit umfm.com and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 7th through 10th at Birds Hill Park. Just tell them that the calendar you read said I need you shall.